side talks is a podcast. Is a... I'm sorry, are we recording? Because I can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, my my. Um... You're so fortunate. <laughs> I, I'm getting no sound to my headphones, so. If, Can if, this just be the intro, though, please, Brad? If Brad, if Brad, you, you just cue this. Okay, this, um, is, this, this is the intro. That, this is the intro. That, that was it. Here we go. Side talks. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. Corey, roll up your sleeves. All right. Oh, you're you're wearing a short sleeve. It's a short sleeve T-shirt. Um, but consider them rolled. Okay, consider them rolled. And by the way, you're Corey Craft. I'm Rachel Morgan. We just did the best intro ever. So let's it was get really that great. out of the way. And now we're gonna fight about something. Uh, a, a film great it calls movie. itself um, the Truman Show. So what's your deal? <laughs> I got a lot of deal, man. I got a big problem with this film. Uh, I got lots of big problems. With okay. This film. I'm going to go ahead, though, and start out by saying I don't really like Jim Carrey. Well, that's going to be a pretty fundamental yeah, difference between you and me here. It is. Now, I will say this. I do like him in Eternal Sunshine. I think he's fine in that. But I am not one of those people who's like only Jim Carrey could have played that role. I, I feel like that could have been played by other folks. I'm, yeah. But I am okay yeah. with him in that film. I don't. I think the Truman Show, um, he annoys me in it. Mm. It is it is very much him trying way too hard to to bring the serious heat of an actor, but also at the same time kind of play it darkly funny, and it it just it doesn't it really the sad clown shtick doesn't work for me. Uh, it all works splendidly for mm. me. I'm I'm not surprised to hear you say this um, about Carrie's performance. For me, uh, the director Peter Weir is excellent at. G- working with giant movie stars and harnessing their screen persona to new and unusual uh, sort of plots for them. Wish he um, had done that here. He, he does that with Harrison Ford and Witness. He does that in the much maligned on this podcast, Dead Poet Society Ooh, with Robin yeah. Williams. Another sad And he clown. does that in uh, The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. This movie is... Uh, wonderful, and it's not only because of Carrie's performance, though Carrie's performance is a big reason why, but also this the speculative science fiction thing is is really uh, marvelously sketched by Weir and by his screenwriter here, Andrew Nichol. Woo! Do I disagree? Um, the the screenwriter director of movies like Gattaca. Um, it's got a wonderful supporting cast, including Laura Lenny and Love Academy Laura Award Lenny. nominee Ed Harris in this movie is the He's sort of godlike producer overseeing. Seaside or you know whatever. Um, this is just a it's just a formative movie for me. I love it to pieces. You got that Philip Glass music all throughout it, just I like churning Philip and Glass. churning. So so you know, is it really just a carry allergy for you? No, it, it's that this film is not edgy at all, and it could have been. It could have been an edgy. It could have been. Instead, it just it's it's very one note. It falls very flat. It is not. It, it is a film that presents itself as being is as, as being really deep and thoughtful, but it's not. And it's ultimately it's just like media bad. Well, it I, is very uh, it is very silly and dull and dated, and it doesn't stand the test of time. And I find it to be irritating. Well, it it is part of a wave of these late 90s sort of fantasies that were like, hey, you know your picture-perfect suburban Clinton-era lifestyle? Well, beneath the veneer is, is you know, a surprise, a secret. And you see that, you know, in movies like Pleasantville, which kind of does that too, yep. uh, in The Truman Show. Even I would argue something that's more literal, like American Beauty, a movie that you like a lot. Yeah, so it's, it's all riding that wave at the end of the Clinton era. So it's indisputably a, a, piece, a piece made in its time, right? It's speaking to those... 
those concerns. I just happen to think that as this sort of like uh, prophetic look at reality television culture, is it a little silly? Is it a little dated? Maybe, but it, it still holds up uh, as speculative sort of sci-fi fantasy. And that's uh, where I, that's the level on which I like this. I think you're right about it riding a similar wave, but it, as soon as it almost stands up on the surfboard, it falls off where American beauty rides that wave and Pleasantville rides it a little better. I, but I agree. It's in that same world. And, and, and I find that world to be, I think that's why I think that's part of the issue that people hold with American beauty is that it sort of feels like that, that came and went. Right. But right. I do think that it, it stands the test of time much better than this. And it's a much better film. Mm. I, I mean, I, you know, there are many, this whole, Good morning, and if I don't see you, good afternoon and good evening. That whole shtick, it, yeah. it goes on and on and on, and it's very irritating. And then there's this shot of his ass as he's as he's gardening, and I'm like, it it, it you know what it reminds me of is like if a comedian were to tell you a joke and then it's really not funny, and then they tell it again. And then they tell it again, the same joke, three, four times in a row. Holding that shot, it, it, the, the direction is clunky. And holding these shots on the things that aren't funny to begin with, but really, you know, pausing mm. for laughter, very stupid. I don't think anything Peter Weir has ever directed is clunky. Oh, um, I no, do. Never. Um, we, you've already made your opinion on Dead Poet Society clear yeah, on this I know. podcast, I know. so we don't have to relitigate that. It's it's it, it's not. This film is not profound, and it's it doesn't rat, have to be I, profound. I, it, it's it's telling us it is. I do think that it, I do think that people embrace this as as it as if it was profound, if it were profound, and that, that that's the sort of air that it carries with it, and it's mm. not. Mm. It's not. This is this is not deep. This is all surface level one note bullshit. It's not surface level. It's not one note. Also, the pacing, the pacing at the beginning is so irritating, and the and the shots are so irritating. If, and I, okay, if we're gonna talk after the buzzer, I'll just keep talking. You to go you. right Jim, ahead. Uh, Jim Carrey's great. He's hilarious. Uh, this movie uh, it works really nicely with his movie star persona, and I love it. I just I just love it. Sam. I mean, part of that is like twelve year old Corey super into this movie. Okay, I get that. I, I didn't realize I was arguing with 12-year-old Corey. I would have brought candy. You're always work arguing with 12-year-old Corey. Right. <laughs> so some bonus points to Rachel for pointing out that, I mean, yeah, it's a great performance, but it is a kind of sad clown performance that doesn't really work that well on an acting level. And um, it could have been a lot edgier. Yeah, I have to agree. But what Corey said, really, uh, what's your deal? It's, I mean, it's a wonderful movie. I love it, um, especially when you go into it not really knowing much, and then the world slowly unravels around him, and you piece together what's going on. Um, so, yeah, uh, 10,000 points to Philip Glass, for sure, uh, but, like, 3 million to Corey, only a few to Rachel. Oh, whatever. I had, like, six consecutive losses, in I fairness. I mean, that's true. So. Uh, those were... F- the, this was this was the, a, you're right they were in fairness but yes. this was a dry streak I needed to I needed this win oh I boy needed and this you won win. with the Truman Show how sad I think that <laughs> it's official now that I've won this that the sad position is not mine oh, okay okay and now fast film terms I that wh- what there's something approaching very very quickly from what? the from the distance what? I. It's almost here. It's Oh, it's fast film terms. Indeed. I've got a couple of good ones for you today. All right. These are more specific to sound. But that's oh. all. That's 50% of a film. Sound, eh? Um, and so my first one is, is, Corey, you know what decay is? Not in t- sound terms. I yeah. do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what it is in terms of, 
you know, buildings falling apart. Or like that time I left a sack of potatoes under my kitchen sink for like a long time. It was rough. I was in college. Oh, well, there you go. That's just what you do in college. You just, you, 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 you live and learn. Uh, it is, decay is the speed with which a sound fades to where it can no longer be heard. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah, right. And so, similarly speaking, mm-hmm. do you know what attack is, other than what I generally do to you during the five-minute fight? And every other time we yeah, speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's it's real. Um, no, I, I don't, in, ter- in terms of sound, no. It is the speed with which a tone reaches a certain level of loudness. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's the opposite of decay in yeah. sound terms. And that level of loudness is usually at a maximum, right? That's usually what sure. that's referring to. So, yeah, those are our very super fast film terms. And now they're speeding off again, back into the distance from whence they came. Also, let me just, if y'all don't mind, I know this is fast film terms, but if you don't mind me slowing this down a little bit, Uh you mentioned a bag of potatoes, and I just want to tell you that one of my favorite things about living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Uh where the University of Alabama resides. And And that's where the aforementioned bag of potatoes decayed under my kitchen sink. Which is what sparked this thought. College boy, I was there, you know, for grad school, and one of my favorite things to do would be to make a trip to that Publix that's right there on the strip, right by by campus. Uh And there would always be a line of frat boys with different items uh-huh. all going back to the same frat house and one of them would have like an onion and a bell pepper one of them would have you know a, a box of brownies one of them would have the bag of charcoal is this just like a task that you would give like pledges to yeah. make, just make them I, do well, menial things no i think it was everybody was responsible you know they're grilling out brah Oh. And everybody was responsible. Most of them had a steak, one steak in the start in the saran wrap. Or so you have to one. bring your own. Yeah. Okay. I so got yeah, you. and one would you know one had an, one would have like an onion and a two liter. Anyway, I I just I had this vision of like an office like birthday party where it's like okay so and so's gonna bring this and so and so's gonna bring this, except everybody just went to the Publix at the same time, yeah. so it was kind of irrelevant. Anyway, it's my favorite thing to do. I mean, rarely do you see you know a. Early twenty-something frat boy, you know, with just holding a bell pepper and a steak, but um, I bet that's happening right now at the Publix in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that's probably true. So, anyway, that was fast film terms, along with um, you know, a little scenic frat boy steak travel. watch. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to Side Talks for your own personal cinematic Jess and Dean. Uh, you probably know this. You know this. Jess and Dean. Jess and Dean. This is a Gilmore Girls reference. Oh, I never watched Gilmore I Girls. I thought you did. No. Well, anyway, Dean is Rory. Okay, do you, you know the characters, right? I mean, you know the premise here, right? Uh, I, there are two ladies, and one is the other's mom. Lorelai Gilmore is the mom of Rory Gilmore. She had her when she was a teenager. Gotcha. Left wealthy family to have said child. And yeah, so they're yeah, kind of yeah. growing up together in some ways. Uh, Very witty, fast-paced. Um, a lot of music in, in the show. As a matter of fact, um, Mojo, the music magazine and source, um, has given... tipped its hat to the Gilmore Girls um, because it is very music referential in a fun way. Cool. But anyway, Dean is Rory's first boyfriend. He's very irritating, very annoying. Mm. Um, And Jess kind of comes along and swoops Rory away from Dean. I'm I'm a team Jess, kind of. Okay. Anyway, that's Jess and Dean. So I guess I'm the irritating one in this? Yeah, neither one of us are really... Uh, oh, that guy is on Supernatural, too, and has a major oh. fan following. Wait, wait, it's 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 um, uh, 
does he play Sam on Supernatural? I don't know. He's the Jer- tall. Jared he's, Padalecki. That's probably right. He is super duper tall. I've watched he's a like, lot of Supernatural. I think he's like 6'4". Okay. He's a big tall dude. Well, good um, for him. And just the guy who plays Jess is probably about my height. Anyway, so I mean, I you know, I don't think you either way. Neither one of us really win here. Okay. But you know, if you want to be a tall, <laughs> if you want to be a tall, super white dude with a ton of privilege, then pick Dean. Well, it's better than what I've got going for me right now, which is <laughs> a kind of a medium height white dude. <laughs> Um, anyway, we're not here just to debate Jess and Dean, even though, I mean, I could start an entire podcast about, you know, Team Jess, probably. But, uh, and, and and all things Gilmore. We'll we'll file that as, as a recurring segment on this podcast I, alongside Frat Boy Steak Watch. I love it. I love it. Um, but let, let us all, everyone, return to Stars Hollow and get out of here. Uh, thanks to Batwall Studios. And check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film or visit us at SidewalkFest.com. This is where you can find all of the information about what's going on at the Sidewalk Cinema and the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival, downtown Birmingham, Theater District, August. It's coming up. It is. Weekend before Labor Day. Really, the week before Labor Day weekend. And um, yeah, email us at podcast at sidewalkfest.com and let us know if you're Team Jess or Team Dean or if you don't care at all. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.